Hey, good morning. It's Wednesday morning. I hope you're uh, great today. I hope you've had a great start to your week. And uh, uh, where, wherever you found yourself, I know it's been a great week for me. I'm looking forward to our uh, time of reflection this morning. We're also looking forward to our uh, Bible study tonight at St. Matthew's. I would invite you to join us as we uh, are uh, in our in the midst of our our study um, on the eight life enriching practices of uh, practices of United Methodist. Tonight we're going to talk about prayer. What prayer can mean to our lives. So I would invite you to join me tonight on Facebook, on social media. Uh, you can join us. Um, you can join us uh, on our website. Lot, lots of places to join our um, our um, Bible study. So I would, I would hope you would uh, be present with us tonight as we do that. I know that you'll be blessed as we talk more about prayer and how that can strengthen our life and our families and our church and strengthen all that we are. So. Um, Today we're continuing with uh, the New Testament as we fill out our bookshelves. Only two more sections uh, left to go till our bookshelf is complete. Um, so uh, today we're picking up what's called the Catholic letters. Uh, these are letters. Uh, yesterday we talked about Paul's letters. Paul's were specific, uh, written by Paul to a specific people. Uh, the Catholic letters uh, are different. They are not generally. Um, we, we Some of them we know who the author is. Some of them we don't. But they are not, they're not written to specific people in the same way that Paul's letters are. So Paul would have been writing a letter to Corinth, for instance, or a letter to Rome. Um, the, the, the Catholic letters, Catholic, remember Catholic means universal in our creed. Uh, when we say the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, we say the Holy Catholic Church. That is not a reference to any denomination, but it's a reference to the church that is universal. Uh, a church that's bigger than one local church or one local group, but a church that's made up of all believers and all races and all nations and all places. And so these letters were written more to the church at large, written more to a general church setting. Um, almost called them an open letter or blog, po blog post if you want to. I mean, that might honestly be one way to look at it. But these were general letters written to the church uh, now they may, they may, be, may be written to a specific subgroup within the church, but um, they're written more almost as sermons um, than they are um, than they are as uh, as as uh, as, as, as um, letters, if you will. Like that might, might be a better way to look at them as, as sermons. Um, so uh, first we see Hebrews. Uh, the, the the these Catholic letters are, are Hebrews. Hebrews. We don't know who wrote it. Um, historically, in a, long way, a lot of ways, it was attributed to Paul. Most scholars do not think it was Paul, just based off the writing structure and the way it's, it, it's possible Paul wrote it. And if he did, that's fine. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, but it would be, it, it's very, it'd be very different from anything that Paul wrote. So most scholars don't think that Paul wrote Hebrews. Once again, it's possible. And it doesn't really change a whole lot if he does. Um, but so we don't really know who wrote it. I like to jokingly say I... I you know, there's some guesses. Some say Apollos wrote it. Uh, some say Barnabas wrote it. I always say Barnabas just because I like Barnabas. There's no reason that I can think of to know for certain that Barnabas wrote it. I just think Barnabas is awesome and he deserves the book of the Bible. But uh, other than that, um, but Hebrews is a really interesting, interesting, interesting book. Um, it's in many ways a reflect. If Romans is a book of theology, I mentioned earlier, Hebrews is in many ways a reflection on Jewish heritage and Jewish history. And it, it, it's very, it's, it's painstakingly written, particularly the first few chapters, to show us that Jesus Christ is greater than every other thing. He's greater than Abraham. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than the prophets. Showing over and over and over and over and over and over again that Jesus Christ is greater than these other things. That's all about Jesus. 
So Hebrews is written to somebody, to a group, to a church, or to churches that have a pretty strong understanding of the Old Testament. A really good understanding of the Old Testament is, is a great help in making sense out of Hebrews. Because uh, there's so many things in this book that are explicit Old Testament references are explicit Old Testament teachings. And so um, and how Jesus Christ is greater than the ways of the old, the, old, the new covenant. I mean, this whole chapter on Melchizedek, who was a, who was a character, a, a, a person uh, early on in, the, in, in, in Moses' story. I'm sorry, in Abraham's story. And so he's really referenced just twice in Hebrews, and he's referenced in... Um, you know, back in Genesis, uh, we have the whole whole Hall of Faith chapter of Hebrews 11, which shows the faith of the Old Testament saints. And so we see that understanding the Old Testament is an essential part of our experience as Christians today. So Hebrews is a neat book. Um, James kind of continues on. James is written to uh, James is written to believers, and and it James is a man. James rakes you over the coals. James doesn't play around. Uh, James is like, okay, cool. Talk about your faith all you want to, but show me something. Uh, faith that our works is dead is what James tells us. James really doesn't play around. True religion is to keep yourself unstained from the world and to take care of the widows and the orphans. I mean, James holds our feet to the fire in how we live our lives. James is really about how our faith impacts our lives. So, Jay, But when you read James, you got to understand James is written to a group of already, that already believes. So he's not trying to convert people that don't believe. He's Talking about, okay, cool, you got faith. Awesome. You've already said you got faith. Faith is assumed. Great. Show me. Show me. Because talking about your faith without any works is of no value. So James is not trying to convert folks who don't believe. James is trying to encourage folks who do believe to be faithful. Um, then you have Peter's two letters. Peter's doing some teachings about correct doctrine. Really, honestly, first and second Peter. First and Second John, and then uh, and Third John, and then Jude. These last three really are um, written about correct doctrine. Um, there was a, there was a lot of incorrect doctrine being taught in the church early on, and these letters really really hammer in on the importance of teaching correctly about who Jesus Christ is. There's some really wonderful verses within all of these chapters. I would encourage you to read these books. Um, you know, uh, you've heard me quote 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that you have. Uh, 1 John is full of so much great teaching about forgiveness and trust and God and love. Um, so 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John are really about the importance of correct doctrine, the importance of believing rightly about Christ, because there was so much, so much incorrect teaching about who Jesus Christ was back then and now as well. Um, that's why, it's, frankly, that's why it's important for us to know the creeds, for us to understand explicitly who Jesus Christ is, fully God, fully human, uh, given for our sins, for the sake of the world, resurrected, uh, ascended, will return. Knowing who Jesus is is the, the essentials. I mean, that is, the, that is the essential. If you don't have Jesus, then the rest of it's off. So 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st, 2nd Peter, and then Jude in the same way. Jude is, Jude is, um, Jude is also written uh, to encourage the church to hold to correct doctrine. Back then, you had wandering itinerant, itinerant preachers who would wander into a town and who would teach, and you didn't know if they were teaching correct doctrine or not. So these books really establish, this is what we believe. And if someone's teaching something other than this, then don't listen to them. Don't trust them. 
Just because somebody rolls in the town and says they're a preacher, it doesn't mean anything. What do they teach? What are they telling you? What are they saying about Jesus? That's what's important. Check out those things. If those things check out, listen to them. But they don't, then don't listen to them. So these books really establish doctrine. So you see really in these Catholic letters, you see a great emphasis upon the Christian life, what our Christian life should look like. You see a great emphasis upon Christian doctrine, what we should believe. So these Catholic letters were written by a variety of people to a variety of places without in many ways the same specificity that Paul had. Um, there's a lot of great teaching within these books, um, particularly now, very relevant for the moment we find ourselves in now. So, um, so that kind of, so that is the last set of letters. So we've seen in the in the shelves of the New Testament, the Gospels and the Book of Acts, Paul's letters, and the Catholic letters. And tomorrow we're going to wrap up in our time of Acts. I'm sorry, in our time of um, the New Testament, by looking at the Book of Revelation, uh, an apocalyptic work. So uh, join us tomorrow. We talk about Revelation. Uh, join me in the Doctor Bible Study, six o'clock, St. Matthew's uh, online our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our website. Uh, hope to see you tonight for Bible study, and then I will see you tomorrow morning for uh, a morning reflection. Have a great day. See you.